0: If we were to ask you if Christians should observe the Sabbath, what would you say? Most likely, the majority of uh, those who would answer this question would consider themselves Christians and would actually say no. So our findings may surprise you. Join us today as we look at what the Sabbath is and answer questions like, what is the Sabbath and should we still observe it? And uh, if the historical Old Testament Sabbath was on a Saturday, why do Christians worship on Sunday? Join us today on the Happy Holy Hour to find out. Welcome to the Happy Holy Hour, a podcast where everyday Christians grow in their faith through biblical examination and insightful discussion. I'm glad you're here today. If you enjoy the content you're about to hear, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and visit us at thehappyholyhour.org. Let's get started. Welcome to the Happy Holy Hour, where everyday Christians grow in their faith through biblical examination and insightful discussion. I'm Tyler, and I'm here with Travis. How you doing, Travis?
1: I am doing all right. Um, ready for a Sabbath rest. Amen. I feel that. I've had such no, a it's, long it's, and busy week. I'm tired. Yeah, like... I know. I had, September has been insane. Um, <laughs> crazy. But you know what? Like, um, It's been crazy for you, too. I mean, we're gearing up for a second wedding. <laughs> yeah.
0: I had and, a, yeah, I had a COVID wedding for those of you who don't yeah. know. So I'm having a, a bigger
1: celebration this I weekend. Know. And I'm, well, I'm not really in that. I'm like, my kids are in it. So I'm kind of <laughs> like, you know, they're, they're like, we're there like plus one, I guess. So yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> no, looking no. Forward to that, though we're looking forward to celebrating with you guys. So that will be fun. And then I'm off on vacation.
0: I'm yeah. Long
1: overdue and- vacation so i'll be out
0: that's awesome that
1: following week so I'm jealous a time of rest hopefully <laughs> celebration and rest for both of us which is fitting yeah. for the topic at hand today yeah so we're
0: talking about the sabbath and uh, this is something i think we've both been processing a little bit in our own lives and it's something that um you know, you've mentioned that this has been challenging for you processing mm-hmm. this this topic, and I know that'll come up uh, throughout this episode and the next one, as the next episode will also have to do with the Sabbath. But uh, when, when we hear the word Sabbath, what, what word comes to mind?
1: Yeah, I think for me, I just think Old Testament, right? And I think that's probably similar to most of our listeners. <laughs> um, and that would probably kind of the main response you'd get if you ask somebody else. Um, So I think Old Testament, Mosaic Law, um, and that was kind of why, that's all I knew about it. I mean, I grew up in a Christian home, and that's kind of all I knew about. Like, when you say Sabbath, I just think Old Testament. I just didn't know any better. Um, Hopefully we'll be a little more enlightened tonight. But I knew it was, I knew it was word that was found in the Bible. I knew kind of what it was based in the Old Testament. But I thought we have the Lord's Day Now for Christians back then they had the Sabbath. um, So they're kind of two distinct different things. And then I thought like those who are still practicing the Sabbath are probably some sort of messianic Christians or something like that on the fringe or they're just weird. Um, (laughs) But to be honest, I'd like never really studied it for myself. Um, And I like I knew We did things on a Sunday, but I didn't really necessarily know why. I knew we went to church, that the main purpose was to worship God, but I'm not sure I could tell you why we did that as well. I just knew it was important. I had these convictions instilled in me growing up. And, you know, if people did it on a different day, I didn't think it was that big a deal. You know, as long as, like, we we set aside some time in our week to focus on God, that kind of, like, I would take verses like, you know, we're, Paul is saying, you know, some people observe this day this season and others, you know um, so those kind of arguments and that's probably mm-hmm. similar to most of our listeners like their upbringings too and be, if they were brought up in evangelicalism yeah
0: I, I would probably say the same thing that's kind of how I was brought up and for the majority of my life, I probably had a pretty shallow understanding of what the Sabbath mm-hmm. is. I just knew like churches on Sunday and you don't miss that, right right <laughs> but but it's interesting tonight we're going to look a little bit at we're briefly overview yeah. what the Sabbath is, but more so focus on the question tonight uh, why do Christians worship on Sunday? If mm-hmm. the historical, traditional Sabbath is on Saturday, I know I've been asked this a couple of times, even just within the ca- past couple of months, you know, mm-hmm. uh, why why do we go to church on Sundays if the Sabbath is supposed to be on Saturdays? I'm like, yeah. that's a really interesting question. <laughs> yeah, because <there's> some
1: people <laughs> like will bring it up as an inconsistency. Yeah. Um, like, uh, see, like, well, if you were really Trishkin or really religious or whatever, you do it on Saturday, but you do it on Sunday. Like, yeah. some people bring it up like that. Or some people are just like, why do we do it on a Sunday? Which is yeah. a good question to ask. Um, and, you know, up till more recently, I didn't really understand why we did it. So hopefully, uh, we'll be able to help our listeners with that. Question tonight, and we're this is going to be hopefully a two-part series. And on both of them, unfortunately, we have to go really high level, so we know and we understand we can't cover everything. Some things will be left out, which is the same for most of our podcasts. (laughs) Those we do because they're more like introductory, and we're hoping that spurs people on to do their own research and study. Yeah, um, that's in addition to that. But tonight will be like you said, we're going to be talking about. Answering some of the questions like, what is the Sabbath? What, yeah. Where did it come from? What are the backgrounds to it? What does it mean? Why, what changed? And why do we worship on a Sunday instead of a Saturday now? And then hopefully mm-hmm. in the follow up episode, it'll be more conversational, talking about what does it look like to observe the Sabbath and some more practical implications, things like that. Um, Absolutely. A more t- yeah. tangible. Where today might be a little more teachy, but should be good. Getting- yeah.
0: Now this will be good. And I wanted to walk us through an excerpt from, uh, from a piece of writing called Welcome to a Reformed Church by Daniel Hyde. Not everything in this episode comes from that, but that's kind of the loose structure that uh, this episode was built around. And it gives an idea of why Christians worship on Sundays. But mm-hmm. before we do that, I want to lay out just some historical context for why worship itself has actually taken place on certain Days, so right. You mentioned when you think of the Sabbath, a lot of times our mind goes original, just goes right to the Old Testament, right? Mm-hmm. Is it? It's just for the nation of Israel for the Old Testament. That's where our minds tend to go. But I'm going to make a case here, or try to lay out a simple case that it actually goes deeper and wider than that, uh, since creation itself. God's people actually worshipped on the seventh day of the week. It goes back to what's called the creation ordinance, and it goes by a couple of different names, but essentially what this means is that the creator himself, God, by his example, gave us a decree, right? God did something and expected his creation to follow suit, And this this concept, if you know anything about biblical history, actually predates, it precedes the Mosaic Mm -hmm. Covenant, it precedes the Mosaic Law. And what this is, is in Genesis 2, we see that God worked six days, and he calls his image bearers, us, to work, right? So, God worked six days to create creation, and on that seventh day, he rested, and as well, he calls his image bearers to rest, setting apart the
1: seventh day as holy. In Genesis 2, Genesis 2, uh, 1, 2, 3, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Mm-hmm. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because it on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. That's so rich,
0: and it it shows that God values rest. It's not that He had yeah. to; it's right. that He it's He wanted to. Yeah, right? that's a
1: good point, right? Because it's not; it can't be a physical rest, right? right. He wasn't physically weary, um, otherwise he couldn't be all powerful, right? It was, <laughs> so it had to be something else. There's something deeper going on here, and, and there there's so much like we could say about this, and so it's so rich. Like you said, there's so much here. Obviously we kind of have to like lay some stuff aside, but the point is that God rested. Um, and he wants, he wants, right. He also worked and he calls us. There's other creation mandates to be fruitful and multiply to be stewards of the earth over his creation. um, But he also rested and he also has created us to rest and he has set apart this day. Um, That goes all the way back to creation. This is pre-fall. This is before the fall, before any of that, before the Mosaic covenant, uh, the 10 commandments. and, And we'll talk about those later too, but Good point. Well, now that you
0: mentioned the Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. observing the Sabbath is actually yeah. also in that. So, commandment number four, we read, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the mm-hmm. Lord your God. That comes from Exodus chapter mm-hmm. 20.
1: Right, You saw all the way going back to creation pre-fall, but even after the fall, you see it throughout the Old Testament. Uh, You even saw Abraham and people like that following this example. Now you come to the nation Israel, and God's giving them the Ten Commandments, which is a summarization of His law. Um, And one of the commandments, the fourth commandment, is to keep the Sabbath day holy cont- to continue on in that pattern and that mm-hmm. example that he had laid out for us. you know it's it is interesting though here that vody Bachman I was listening to a, a series he did. I think it's called um, the commandment before the commandment where really Vodi Bachman at least in one of his episodes was really laying out the groundwork for this showing that the Sabbath, is a creation mandate, um, Mm -hmm. not just a mosaic mandate. Um, And then he also goes forward in the other ones, but he brings up this point that we feel obligated and we should um, and apply the rest of these 10 commandments to our lives, right? Like we wouldn't say, oh, those are just done away with except when it comes to the fourth commandment. So, we're really, a lot of Christians, evangelicals, are nine-commandment obeyers, right? Mm. We think the fourth commandment, for some reason, doesn't apply anymore when we think all the other nine do. And so, he kind of asks the question, why is that? Obviously, there's some um, hermeneutic and systematic theology things at play there. But again, we'll lay all that aside, yeah. I think. Um, but again, just ask yourself, why is that? Why do we feel like, you know, thou shall not murder. Okay. Yeah. That applies today. Um, you should honor your father and mother. Okay. Yeah. You should have no other gods before you. Okay. Yeah. And then you should keep the Sabbath day holy. And eh, now, nah. you know, yeah. so yeah. why is that? Um, good. Just something to be thinking about as we get into this. Absolutely. And
0: the Sabbath is re- even reiterated. 11 chapters later in Mm -hmm. Exodus 31, right? It says, In six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was Mm. refreshed. I love that. So, we see that so far, the Sabbath has preceded Christ, the Mosaic Law, right? It was within the creation of the universe itself, the Sabbath is built into it. Uh, it's reiterated through the Mosaic Law. It's reiterated through the Old Testament. Uh, Welcome to a Reformed Church by Daniel Hyde says the following. It says, The word "refreshed" in, in that, that Hebrew word is used only two other times in the Old Testament, once in reference to giving rest to animals, servants, and visitors within Israel, and once in reference To David and his men. After God worked to make everything, it was as if rest refreshed him. Yet God's rest and refreshment mean so much more. They have to do with his joy and satisfaction. The psalmist writes, May the Lord rejoice in his works. God's rest and satisfaction was that of a king. Having created the heavens and the earth to be his cosmic palace, he took his place on his throne, so to speak, on the seventh day. Mm. Just awesome,
1: awesome imagery there. Yeah, I thought that was a good illustration because, again, it's not showing like someone who's weary and worn down. It's no, it's like satisfactory. Like when you. Like, and we do this today, don't we? Like if you had a hard, you were working on a project and you work hard on it and you sit back and right. Don't we do that? We just, we definitely yeah. just take a step back to admire our creation and mm-hmm. we rest and we enjoy that. And it brings us joy. And I think that's more of a picture of what's going on here and th- probably even more so to say than that. But I think that's a better I- like idea of what it's saying here when he rested and was refreshed. Yeah.
0: So, refreshment is one of the purposes of Sabbath. It's one mm-hmm. of the, the pr- principles. The other ones include, right, there's sanctification, right? Exodus 31, after God brought his people out of Egypt, the Sabbath day took on more of a meaning as a covenant sign between God and his people that he would sanctify them, right? True mm-hmm. rest. God rested after he created us, and therefore, when we rest, our rest is rooted in him, there's redemption, right? God has redeemed his people. You see that in Deuteronomy 5, verse 12 says, Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. So there's an element of redemption there. There's elements of atonement and forgiveness, right? Uh In the Old Testament, the annual day of atonement fell on a Sabbath day. Mm -hmm. So, within that Old Testament law, uh, specifically looking at the Old Testament law, the Sabbath day is very important. There was a lot of very practical... Uh, very spiritual elements you, and purposes to that day.
1: Do you think with the redemption part, that verse you just read, like certainly redemption, but also like remembrance, right? It says, remember yeah. that you were slaves in Egypt and, and all the Lord did for you, bringing you out with a mighty uh, hand and outstretched arm. Therefore, yeah. you re- like, so there was a looking back. I think we're going to see um, that hasn't, ch- like what we look to Um, like they were looking back, and we look to Christ and what He did in that, and so maybe we'll talk more about that when we talk about like why the day changed. But there's Mm. an aspect of remembrance there. Uh, Like our focus is on something um, on the Sabbath day. Yeah.
0: So the nature of the Sabbath, as we look back, and so we as we try to give it some context, right? The nature of the Sabbath. The old, the old Covenant requirements were very strict. Uh, we read that no one was to do work, right? No adults, no children, uh, not even the servants, even the livestock, not even the sojourners and travelers could do work on that day. God had given laws to regulate what should or should not be done on the Sabbath. And just by way of example, um, if one even went out to gather sticks on the Sabbath in order to kindle a fire— He was to be put to death, right? So there's just very strict requirements on this law. And the strictness, I think, is part of the guardianship of the law that Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ would ultimately fulfill. As we'll see, Jesus would make the final sacrifice, which would, at the end, ultimately end the strict Old Testament requirements or really consequences of Mm -hmm. that Sabbath day.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good point too. We we see the Old Testament consequences no longer apply, um, but I also think it's in, important to realize that the principles of the Sabbath itself, um, like we said, are creation mandate, not just a Mosaic law mandate. Like they predate that, and they also we'll talk about how they are also there after this time frame. So I think the principles of resting stay the same, but certainly yeah. for that time period, you know, and there. were multiple reasons for those, um, strict requirements and consequences. Um, like for one thing is the God was dwelling right there in, in their midst. Um, and like you said, like Jesus coming and paying that final sacrifice and all that comes into play. So, and we'll talk a little bit more about that as well, but I do want, like we do realize, (laughs) and we do agree that those old Testament, um, consequences do no longer apply right (laughs) thankfully we're not stoning anybody um but we we do think that some of these principles also stay the same um i think it's helpful here as we're talking about this and i wish we had more time i think we've also brought it up on the on the podcast maybe a little bit here and there as well but um wish we had more time to go deeply into it but to bring up like the three distinctions or uses of the, uh, three distinctions of the law. There's also three uses of the law. Um, this, this is a quote from RC um, that I think helps lay it out a little bit. He says, um, of course, as we read scripture, we see that there are some parts of the law that no longer apply to new covenant believers, at least not in the same way that they did in the old covenant that they did to old covenant believers. We make a distinction between moral laws civil laws and ceremonial laws such as the dietary laws and the physical circumcision that's helpful because there are certain in the, be, that's helpful because there is a certain sense in which participating in some of the laws of the Old Testament as Christians would actually be blasphemy mm. so I think that's a good point there. Obviously, like, we're not required to be circumcised. <laughs> now, Like, you know, not to get into, you know, too graphic, but nothing against <laughs> circumcision, but we don't do it today if people do it today because, or we shouldn't do it today because of the Old Testament law. I mean, and they talks about that multiple times in the New Testament, right? Um, that was actually a problem. You had Judaizers who were trying to s- force Christians to submit to the Old Testament regulations? Um, and Paul says, no. <laughs> so, that's a good point, but there are different uses of law. Some of those were done away with with Christ. Some of them continued, right? Which we would say the Ten Commandments, moral laws, things that were in place not just for the nation Israel for that specific time, but um, that would continue. And I think it's this also brings up another difficulty when it comes to dealing with things like the Sabbath, right? Um, Because in our minds, obviously Christians shouldn't enforce the regulations of the Sabbath as it was under the Mosaic ceremonial law, but how much of the Sabbath practices were only tied to this function of the Sabbath and how much of it goes back to the creation mandate and also to Christ's fulfillment of that law. So, is it just a matter of Christian liberty now? Uh, What stayed the same? What all has changed? What are we still required to do? And and hopefully, we're going to answer some of those questions tonight. Um, And then hopefully, maybe in our follow-up episode, we'll flesh that out a little bit more, more practically. What does that look like?
0: Yeah. So, as we move forward in redemption history, as we talk about the Sabbath and we get to the time of Jesus, right? Uh, Jesus proclaims himself to be the Lord of the Sabbath, right? So, let's look at what Jesus has to say about some of these things. And uh, there was a point in Jesus's ministry where the the Pharisees observed the Sabbath in a way that was very restrictive. They were uh, perhaps adding things to God's law that were not required in the Sabbath, and basically <laughs> where any activity could have you punished by death, and it was very brutal. Um, but as we'll see here, God never prohibited doing good on the Sabbath. And this is actually something that the Pharisees, they tried to catch Jesus breaking a law on the Sabbath so that they could incriminate him, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus's healings, for example, on the Sabbath enraged the religious leaders who classified healing as work and therefore they prohibited it. Uh, And and he revealed to the rabbis their hypocrisy with his response. Uh, The Pharisees said to Jesus, look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? And Jesus answered, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar and the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. It comes from Mark chapter 2. And Jesus clarified that God had given the Sabbath as a gift mm-hmm. to the people he had created. And, and Mark, later on in Mark, Jesus says, The Sabbath was made for man, not mm-hmm. man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Mm. So, Jesus saw the Sabbath as a good thing, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, I think for context, this is the passage, right, uh, I believe, where the disciples were, um, as they were walking along, they were picking, you know, the tops off of of wheat, right, I think, um, and eating it as they went along, which actually was not um, in violation of even the Old Covenant uh, laws, and Mosaic's uh, laws. So, again, they were adding, even in, uh, in addition to these Old Covenant laws. Um, so, I think that that's an important point there. There's another passage where, um, dealing with the same thing, where Jesus heals the man with the crippled hand. Uh, that's mm-hmm. a really powerful one, too. Uh, again, where they're trying to call him out for doing things on the Sabbath, trying to catch him yeah. in an act so they can incriminate him. Um, but in both of those passages, you know, Jesus never rebukes people for practicing the Sabbath. He's rebuking them for other reasons to their hearts, um, planning wickedness, um, hypocrisy, adding to the law, all these things, but not for observing the Sabbath. In fact, he, he says, so the son of man is Lord, even of the Sabbath, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. So he's not abolishing the Sabbath here. Um, he's owning it, <laughs> right? He's owning it, <laughs> owning it. Um, you know, he corrected them and pointed them back to the true reason for the Sabbath, the center of the Sabbath, the foundation of the Sabbath, which is Himself, Christ Jesus. So He is Lord of the Sabbath. Or I like how He yeah. puts the Lord even of the Sabbath. I'm Lord over all, yeah. even of the Sabbath. Amen. Joel Beeke has a really powerful sermon on especially on the passage of the healing the uh, man with the crippled arm oh my gosh it's so Mm. powerful
0: so we're at this point where jesus like okay since crew we've very from a high overview i've covered from creation now we're to jesus now what about since jesus what about since the resurrection Mm. what does the sabbath look like Uh, so when jesus died on the cross and rose again for our justification things seem to change, right? Jesus did what Adam could not do. And what was that? Complete obedience to God. I I just want to read this passage from Romans chapter 5, verses 12 through 19. It says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all sinned, For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by grace of that one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience, like many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Jesus did what no man could do. Jesus did what Adam could not do. And I think that's important as we understand the nature of obedience to the law, as we look at the Old Testament law, as we look at the gospel, as we look at what Jesus has did for us, knowing that we could not follow the law thoroughly, Jesus did it to a T, right? Mm -hmm. And he he bought us with his blood. Mm -hmm. So,
1: what about since then? Yeah. Well, I think, again, like, I think it's, through that showing, like Jesus fulfilled the law. And so things, there were things that did change, right? I mean, like the Mm -hmm. ceremonial laws and Christ being the ultimate sacrifice and Christ being our high priest and taking on uh, that priestly role. And I mean, there's so much there. I mean, so many implications, so much theologically, all all that. Um, But obviously some things changed. What about the Sabbath? Mm -hmm. What changed um, from his resurrection? So, let's
0: look at the church, right? Mm -hmm. The church still under apostolic authority. So, under the apostles, they determined that the day of worship under the new covenant would be the first day of the week, Sunday. Let's just look at the Westminster Confession of Faith. It says, From the beginning of the world to the resurrection of Christ, the Sabbath was the last day of the week. And from the resurrection of Christ— was changed into the first day of the week, which in Scripture is called the Lord's Day, and is to be continued to the end of the world as the Christian Sabbath. Mm. I just wanted to read, I, uh, just uh, we asked the question, right, why do, we, why do Christians worship on Sundays? If you want a simple answer to that question, really tune in here, because uh, this is from the Welcome to a Reformed Church piece by Daniel Hyde, and it's simple, it lays it out clearly, and I just wanted to read that for everybody. Says this On this day, we are reminded of and participate in the glorious reality that we have already entered God's rest and that we await the experience of the fullness of this rest in eternity in the new heaven and new earth. We now assemble corporately for worship and enjoy a foretaste of our eternal rest. And then we go out into the kingdom of this world to work for six days. So, why do we worship on Sunday and not Saturday? Well, number one is the first day of the week was the day on which our Lord rose from the dead. The first day of the week is called the Lord's Day, right? Uh, We get that from Revelation 1, 1 Corinthians 16. Another point is that the first day was the day on which the Holy Spirit was poured out onto the church in Acts 2. And another point is just on just as on the first day of creation, God made light and separated it from the darkness, we gather on the first day of the week to celebrate the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ who has separated us from the world of darkness, of sin. So, there's a lot of like symbolic and practical mm-hmm. reasons for this, um, but just to continue in this reading, it says, From creation until Christ, the people of God worked six days and then rested on the seventh day. And this was a picture of their looking forward to eternal rest. And the seventh day of creation was not structured with an evening and morning as the previous six days, which signified that the seventh day had no end and was thus a foretaste of eternity itself. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, from the work of Christ until con- until the consummation, the people of God rest on the first day and work the next six looking back on the finished work of Christ. And yet we too look forward to the consummation of this rest.
1: Yeah, that's good. That's so, so powerful. Um, and again, there are deep theological reasons for why, and that's why I was so naive. I thought, Oh, uh, practical reasons maybe. Right. Um, yeah. but no, this is like, why do we, why do we worship on Sunday instead of Saturday? Because of Christ, you know, it was, I mean, it's, this is the consummation this is a pivotal moment. so many things changed um, and it's so important that we decide not just east not Easter not just one day a year do we look back to Christ's death, burial and resurrection and celebrate that No every Sunday is a celebration of this truth, mm-hmm. the gospel. And looking back and remembrance, we talked about, we mentioned remembrance in the Old Testament, you know, of looking back to see what Christ has done and and looking forward um, to the coming Messiah. Now we look back on Christ's work and we also look forward to the full realization of that rest. We are entering God's rest and we'll talk about what does it mean to enter God's rest? What does it look like practically next episode? Um, But just as a teaser, you know, we enter into God's rest on this Lord's day and uh, it's a joyous time of celebration and coming together. And it's, there's so many, um, pictures and uh, foretaste of that full realization of coming together in the marriage supper of the lamb, like communion, looking forward to that. Um, the meal in heaven, um, the celebration, all these things, all these different, um, types and shadows, if you will, um, to that full realization. But it's here now, and we won't mm. fully, re- like, we see it in part, um, but we'll see fully.
0: So, as we as we get to the end of our episode, there's a couple of implications, I guess. I guess uh, one of the things I've noticed is I, I've seen some churches beat on Saturday nights, right, because they maybe have exhausted their building's capacity on Sundays, uh, and this is something I've asked myself, like, is that a problem? I I, mm-hmm. I know that um there there is something beautiful and sweet about worshiping on Sunday mornings, knowing that uh you know, almost in, in a sense, the rest of the world, the rest of the Christian world is worshiping along with you, just by way of example. Yeah. I loved being in South America because the time zone actually where I was in South America was the exact same time zone as we are here in the mm-hmm. Northeast United States. So, like I was gathering with people, the church in South America were speaking Spanish, we're singing songs in Spanish, the preachings in Spanish. It was awesome. And it was just really cool to see like the global church in mm-hmm. a way, because I was with that local church, which is doing their thing, this faithful congregation of 30 people, right? And then knowing that at home, my church is meeting at the same time. And I was like, this is
1: such a cool thing, right? Um, It's such a neat feeling. Yeah. I mean, I guess it, it comes down to like the way you look at things. If it's just like, if your view is it doesn't really matter, it's just a practical thing. Like, um, it makes sense that we all gather at one time and culturally, um, which obviously i think the reason why we do things culturally now is based off of christian roots and principles even if we don't know that's why we do it now but yeah. you know if you're someone who says oh well you know if you do if it monday if you do it sunday saturday whatever and then of course it's just practically that we pick the same day um then it's i guess it's not that big a deal but um if you're taking the position that i think we're taking their deep theological reasons for why we worship on a Sunday and actually biblical reasons, uh, where it was, um, you know, because of Christ's work and, um, that was put in place under the authority of the apostles, um, therefore by God himself. Um, then, then you're going to have some issues with doing things on a Saturday. And I think that's what some things have changed in my mind. And this, this has been a process. That's one thing I'll say too, you know, I, for both of us, I know for me, my thinking has changed on this over the years as, as I've studied, and I'm still changing, still fleshing it out. And you'll find out more about that on next episode too. Um, but yeah, it comes down to how you view things. You know, th- those are the types of questions that if you, really think that there are deep biblical theological reasons for doing it on a Sunday, then doing things on a Saturday is going to become a problem. Now, we're not saying like doing anything on a Saturday or that you can only gather as a church on Sunday. Um, We do think like there is a separate corporate gathering of the church on sunday and, and and the bible gives us very specific commands on what that's supposed to look like mm-hmm. but does that mean you can't have a prayer service um a time of prayer on a wednesday No, like in the even in the bible you had um the church getting together multiple times a week <laughs> a and, lot and, and yeah things for, specifically for prayer all sorts yeah. of stuff so like i'm not saying that but as far as your actual like is if you're trying to do your worship service but you're doing that on saturday instead of sunday i now, I would kind of have a problem with that. I'm sure most (laughs) people don't, because most people don't view us gathering on a Sunday through a theological lens. It's probably somewhat of a culture or practical lens, or honestly, they just never thought about it at all.
0: So, Travis, we, we looked at how the Sabbath goes all the way back to creation itself. We looked at how it was incorporated into the Mosaic Law very, very directly, I I might say. We looked at how Jesus talked about and observed the Sabbath. We looked at how the the church observed what the Sabbath is after the resurrection of Christ. Give us just, as we close out, a high-level overview. What Mm. has changed, and why is this important for us?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the big things that have changed, um, and again, The Lord of the Sabbath, Christ himself confirms this in scripture. um, Not as much as we think has changed, has changed. Um, (laughs) It's continued, it's continued beyond the Old Testament. It was created by him as a gift for his creation. um, And that he is the focus of it. What changes the day we worship on and what changed is the ceremonial Um, requirements and um, punishments that went along with breaking um, the Sabbath. So we don't worship um, on Saturday like we did in the Old Testament and we don't get stoned (laughs) if we don't (laughs) observe the Sabbath like we did in the, uh, in the Old Testament, but we still do observe the Sabbath. And I hope that's, I think that's a big takeaway for tonight. Uh, I know we spent a lot of time on like switching the days because that is the major change there but hopefully you're beginning to see more continuity versus discontinuity right yeah. and if you were to ask most evangelicals today you know should you should we as christians observe the sabbath most of them would probably say no. And voting brings up this point that the few who do, out of those few, a lot of those are probably some sort of messianic Christian or part of some cult, weird cult, right? So, <laughs> and then from that small minority, or even smaller minority, would say up for biblical and uh, correct theological reasons. You know, I think, yeah. and this, it, it sounds so bizarre to people because they just weren't raised this way and they just never thought about it. But really, when you look at the Bible, and I hope that's our major takeaway for tonight when you look at scripture you see continuity that this started in creation throughout the whole of the old testament throughout the new testament mm-hmm. and uh even into eternity um you know this is um this entering into God's rest the the fullness of that will be realized um as we worship in heaven
0: mm-hmm. um
1: forever so
0: Amen, man. Well, this is a good discussion, and I think next week we're going to look deeper into what this actually looks like. You know, yeah. what is looking, what is observing the Sabbath actually entail? What does it look like uh, for us here in 21st century uh, America? What does this look like for Christians uh, on a theological level? So I'm excited to have that conversation uh, with you, Travis. It'll be really yeah, good. It'll be a little more um,
1: casual. Um, yeah, yeah. But I just just closing. I do want to have grace with. Our listeners, yeah. anybody listening, um, because this has been a process for us, our thinking has changed. and it's still developing. We understand it, that most people have never even thought about this. Most churches never teach on this. Um, you know, so it seems so bizarre when you first hear it. Um, but really, when you start thinking about it, hopefully it makes some more sense. But, you know, practicing the Sabbath is not a dull legalistic requirement And hopefully we'll talk about that next week, but it's an exciting opportunity to fellowship with God and with his people to rest in him, to worship him and to be refreshed by him. Um, So I'm glad we're talking about it. It is important um, and is pretty neglected, I think, in uh, evangelicalism today.
0: Yeah, man, that's 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 heavy and awesome, and I'm excited to have that conversation because I think it has practical uh, applications for us in ways that we often forget or we undermine. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to to talk about that. Well, for our listeners, thank you for joining us on the Happy Holy Hour. If you have any questions about this and you want to have a deeper conversation, please reach out to us. You can reach out to us through our social media accounts or through our email. Uh, we'll be glad to talk with you in that way. And uh, remember to subscribe to your favorite. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. Uh, remember to leave a review so others can find the show. This helps especially on Apple Podcasts. That's where I listen to podcasts. I'm not paid to say that, by the way, Travis. We're not sponsored by Be Apple nice. yet. We're not sponsored yet. yet. But, um, but that being said, we're not sponsored. So we rely <laughs> as exclusively on the generosity of our listeners for this show. So if you want to see this show happen... Be sure to donate. You can find the link in our episode description for that. And uh, lastly, visit our website. You can find a lot of helpful resources on there as well as our entire episode library. This was our 90th episode, so you can find 89 other episodes on our website. Well, Travis, I think
1: that does it for tonight. Looking forward to some rest. Till next time, you keep that Sabbath, you Sabbatarian.